Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about and preaching on this collection titled, It's Not Over. And here's the thing. Sometimes we get in the weeds of our lives of what's going on. And we get accustomed to things and fail to realize that God is still doing something. That God is still working. God is still at work. That he's still moving. The first week of this collection, we talked about the fact that it's not too late. That it's not too late. And we talked about Abraham and how at 99, his name changed. How at 75, there was a calling over his life to leave everything he knew behind. And, and so, so many people have received a calling from the Lord, but they think it's too late. And God reminded us week one of this collection that it's not too late and if you were not here and if you didn't hear that message I want you to know that it's not too late you're not too far gone things have in your life have not happened so that you can leave everything and just stay put and, and not change I think it's it, I want you to know that it's not too late God still has a plan he still has a purpose during the second week of this collection, we, we spoke on, you're just getting started. That was, that was the, the theme of the message. You're just getting started. And I share a little bit about uh, the process of my wife giving birth to our firstborn. And how, uh, you know, you, for nine months she had to go through uh, difficult times and being uncomfortable and, and, and having pain and having nausea. And just dealing with all of these things for nine months. And then after those nine months, she got to go to the hospital to push this thing out. And during the process, the first few minutes of her pushing, like the real deal is happening, she shouted and she said, honey, please tell me it's almost over. And I said to her, baby, you're doing great or you're just getting started. And she was, she was, that was, don't, don't do that, guys, please. Not, 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 my, not my best moment in life. But here's the thing, we're going to go through difficult times, pain, discomfort, situations that make us angry and upset, and, and we don't understand why am I going through this right now. But guess what? Once that baby was born and she had that baby in her arms, all of that faded away. And in the same way, you might be going through a process of pregnancy right now. Where there's discomfort, there's issues, there's problems, there's pain. I want you to know that there is purpose in your pain. Yes. 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 Don't just, pain is not pain just for the sake of being pain. Pain makes you grow. And you can be bitter and you can be upset and get stuck in your pain. Or you can say, God, what are you teaching me in this season? So, you're just getting started. And today, we're going to talk about start now. So write this down if you're taking notes. Start now. Start now. A lot of us have things that we want to do. Uh, but here's the thing. You will never finish what you don't start. You will never finish what you don't start. Some of you might want to, you know, this typically around the beginning of the, the year, gym memberships skyrocket. That's the best time to work for a gym. When you get it, if you're a salesperson for a gym, you know, quit in July. But in <laughs> During November, start, start looking for that job again because everybody wants to sign up because everybody wants to lose weight at the beginning of the year. But, but here's the deal. If you do want to, 
get healthier and lose weight, maybe you need to start with a gym membership. Maybe you need to start eating healthier. And that doesn't happen five years from now when, when then at that point you're like, oh man, I should have done it back then. It's got to start now. Maybe you're trying to get into a relationship. Find a boy. Anybody singles in the house? Let me see. Let's see hands. Don't be shy. Singles. All right, now look at each other. Look across the room. Here we go. So if you're single and you want to get into a relationship, maybe you need to like go into like, I don't know, Christian mingles. Is that a thing still? Or maybe you just need to talk to somebody, you know? Take a longer shower or spray some cologne. I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I'm, I'm out of the game, guys. I'm out of the, I don't know what you do nowadays. But you have to start now. You have to be bold. You have to start now. Maybe it is the, the case that you want to have stronger friendships that push you instead of drag you. Anybody ride a bicycle and you're going up a hill and you're fighting the hill, but you're also fighting the wind and it's just like a whole thing. There are certain friends and relationships in our life that are dragging us back. Instead of pushing us forward, they're, they're bringing us back. So maybe it's time to start now looking for relationships and friendships that are going to push us forward. That are, instead of dragging us back, they're going to push us forward. So that may mean that you need to connect with somebody in this room before you leave. And, and start, start establishing a relationship with someone that's going in the same direction as you. So that then later on you can go back to those other friends or the other circles of friendships and bring them along with you. But you cannot be with them as they're staying behind and they're dragging you behind when you're trying to go forward. But that's got to start today. You can't say, well, you know, I got to think about it and I got to check it out more often. I got to go to church a few more times. No. When you leave this room, talk to somebody. Exchange phone number with somebody. Say, hey, man, I want let's, let's catch some lunch together. Let's, let's do breakfast together. Let's connect. Because this is the environment where you are with people who are going in the same direction as you. Maybe you want to be more generous. You, you think, I want to be more generous. Start with tithing and offering here at Authentic. Start with buying someone lunch, someone his lunch or her lunch. If you don't start, you will never do it. If you don't begin something, you will never finish it. Now, sometimes what I do for myself is that I fast forward till the end. I like to be, view the picture. I like to look at what, what where the final result is. And when I look at the final result, I then go back and that motivates me to start the process. Here's the thing. Sometimes we are unable to see the final result. We are unable to see what's going to happen. But yet, if God is calling you to start, you have to start. A lot of times we are able to, we, and this has been my experience, I've been able to minister to someone, speak to them about the word of God, but I never get to see them flourishing in the gospel or doing other things because maybe they, they move or they live somewhere else or they go to a different church. But I feel satisfied in the fact that I did what I was supposed to do. I think God is calling us to start today. How do we get there? You see the final result. There's the house. There's the wife. There are the kids. You're seeing it. But right now, then you come over here and you're like, oh, but I'm still alone. You're seeing it. How do I get there? Take the first step. Some people want to jump from nothing to everything. And they don't, just, they don't want to take the first step. 
They want to go to the gym one day and they want to look at themselves in the mirror the next day and see a difference. What are you talking about? I haven't lost any weight. I ate two carrots yesterday. It doesn't happen that way. There's, there's a process. But the, 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 the important thing is starting the process. Taking that first step. I think that God is calling us today to take that first step. I often think about something, a word called legacy. And what's going to be left behind or... You know, what, what would people know me as? And, and that kind of pushes me to, to do better and to work harder and to, you know, not be satisfied with, with just like being comfortable, but to push in, in the direction that God is leading me. And it, it makes me think about Moses and how iconic this, this character was, this man of God uh, from the scripture. He was so iconic. He, you know, what, one of the greatest things he did that people remember him by is that through him, God split the, the Red Sea and the entire people of God were able to walk in dry land. Such an iconic figure from the scripture. But we can't just jump into the moment where he split the Red Sea without seeing his process where he started. And so we want to, a lot of us want to jump into the, 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 the moment where everything is the way that you think it should be. And we're, we're forsaking or, for, uh, or just foregoing the process that God wants to put us through. And because we are unwilling to start the process, we are not seeing the progress that God wants to give, give us in our lives. Here's a scripture. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24. I love how it starts. It starts saying by faith Moses then there's a comma by faith a lot of the things that you're going to move on and operate on will only happen by faith a lot of the things that God wants you to do in this season of your life will only happen by faith it's not going to happen happen because of the friends that you have or the resources that your or your schooling or your degree it's going to happen by faith by faith Moses when he had grown up, refused to be known as the, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Do you think this, this relates to today? Like being a Christian is probably the most fun thing that you will ever do because these people here are family and they're great. But it's, it's easier to follow the, the fleeting pleasures of sin than to follow Christ. So it's way easier. So what would you choose to do? Would you choose to do what Moses did? He regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. So we see where Moses ended up. But where did Moses begin? His life was being threatened even before he was born. And when he was born, he was placed up for adoption in the weirdest way possible. And then he grew up having everything that he could possibly want. Everything that he could possibly want. But when he recognized what his purpose was, he had to give it up. 
And a lot of times we are in a place in our lives where we're comfortable. We have the things that we want, that we, that we think we need, that we want. But there is more for us. There's more purpose. And he had to learn to leave that behind. So where do we start? That's the question. I'm proposing that we start now. Where do we start? We start where you are. Write this down. You start where you are. People always use different excuses. Oh, if I can just have the car, I would, you know, it'll, everything would change. If I could have that job, everything would change. If I could have, if I could go to that school, everything would change. Well, God is telling you, you need to start right now with what you have. Don't wait until you have the right finances in place, the right education. God wants you to start now with what you have. He's already equipped you with what you need to do what you're called to do. Right now. And then later on, when the, the seasons changes and you have other things, at that, in that moment, you will be able to do other things with what you have in that moment. But right now, God is telling you, do what you can with what you have. Start now with where you're at. So you start where you're at. It says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. Man, when you know somebody, things change. When you know somebody, I moved here about seven months ago and I didn't know anybody except for a few people, a few of you and Pastor Mac. And seemingly, Pastor Mac knows everybody. I don't know how that works here in Arlington. You go to any restaurant, any place, he knows somebody. So it felt really good going into places and you know, from time to time, I, I name drop a little. Anybody name drop? Is that just me? Okay, a few of you. So I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, Pastor Mac sent me. You walk with a little more confidence because I know somebody they know. And, you know, sometimes you go and they, they might not know Mac. And I'm like, the McAndrews, maybe? <laughs> Start name dropping. When you're walking with God, you're walking with confidence because you know who's walking with you. So you may not know where you're going, but you know who is with you. You may be walking into a situation that you've never experienced, but you know who is with you. And when you know who is with you, you're going to walk with confidence. You're going to do what he said. You're going to do what he's called you to do because you know that he is with you. It doesn't matter where you are when you know who is with you. Maybe you feel unworthy from past mistakes. Or maybe you think you're so far behind financially that there's no way that you can get there. But you need to start walking with the Lord and declaring, you know, I, I, I don't know how you operate, but I do crazy things. My wife can tell you, I do crazy things. I start talking to things. I talk, no, Jesus' name. The other day, the, the dog was going crazy. And I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. My wife looked at me and she said, you crazy. But I talked to my wallet. I talked to my bank account. I talked to my situations. I'm like, I don't know what you think you're doing in my life, but I want, you, I want to remind you that Jesus is with me. And that might sound crazy, but it's effective. Because when you start having that boldness and confidence that the Lord gives you to talk into situations, to speak his name into situations, things will change. Maybe you're facing some big decisions and you're confused about which way to go. 
If you're with him, doesn't matter which way. Because he's going to make a way where there is no way. Maybe in 2020, you had a big loss. Maybe a death in the family. Maybe you lost a job. And you're not sure how you're going to end out, how, how 2021 is going to finish. If you're walking with Jesus, it, it really doesn't matter. Because if he's with you, he's going to open up the way. But here's the thing. You cannot sit around waiting for the right moment to start. You're not going to sit around waiting for the right perfect timing and for God to send someone to knock, knock on your door and say, Hey, brother, here it is. This is your future wife. Because it doesn't work that way. No one's going to knock on the door and say, Hey, I thought you might use the job. Here's a $50,000 a year job. Do you want it? It doesn't work that way. You got to get up and you got to start. You got to get up and you got to trust God. Because even if you take one tiny step forward, you're, you're, going, you're doing laps around the guy that's sitting on his couch. Just one tiny step. But it needs to start. Number two. Number one, start where you are. Number two, use what you have. Use what you have. Moses used what he had. In fact, we dive into scripture here in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. And Moses answered... What if they do not believe me or listen to uh, me and say, the Lord didn't appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? What was in his hand? And why did he have a staff in his hand? Because what? Because he was a shepherd. He was simply doing his daily task. And in doing his daily tasks, whatever he had in his hands, that's what God used. And you're asking God to give you this, to give you that. If I could only have that, if I could have the money that he has, if I could have the blessing that he has, if I could have the wife that he has. But he's saying, I can, I'm already giving you what you need. It's in your hands. Look at your hands. What can you do? That is what God is going to use. A lot of you are now in the place you wish you were five years ago and five years ago you were telling God if I could only be there I will serve you more and you're still serving him the way you were serving him before and so at some point God is going to be like I, I don't know I don't know about this guy I don't know about this girl because when I gave him that crappy car he wasn't grateful to me so how can I give him something better be grateful with what you have and use what you have for the kingdom of God. Maybe <clears throat> what you do during the day is, I don't know, maybe you repair things. Anybody know somebody that repair things? Think over things, fix things. Maybe you need to repair something for somebody that needs it. Maybe you change oil, maybe you sell things. Whatever it is that you do, do it for the Lord. Give God the thing that you have. Don't ask God to give you something that you don't have. He's going to give you what you need, but you got to give him right now what you have. Maybe you can cook. Hey, my wife is in Pennsylvania. Come cook me a meal this week. Just kidding. I, I can cook myself, all right? I'm going to cook a meal for you. One of you. <laughs> Maybe uh, you're a good writer and you can mentor somebody. Maybe you're a friend. Maybe you're friendly and you can be a greeter here. Maybe you're good with kids and you can serve in the children's ministry. But what I really want to do, Pastor, is I want to preach on stage. I know. But in the meantime, 
serve with the kids. But what I want to, what I really want to do is have one day I want to, I want to pastor one of authentic locations. Amen. Amen. But in the meantime, do this. Are you, are you tracking with what I'm saying here today? Is this helping anybody? God is calling you to start where you're at with what you have. Here's the thing. You cannot focus on what you don't have. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to focus on the things that you don't have to paralyze you and not be able to do anything with what you have. Don't allow the enemy to do that. Number three, do what you can. Write it down. Do what you can. Moses said to the Lord, part of your servant, Lord, but I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. This sounds pretty eloquent to me. <laughs> Doesn't it? All right, let's, let's read on. Let's read on. I am slow of speech and tongue. <laughs> the, Lord, the Lord said to him, Who gave humans beings their mouth? Come on, man, who are you talking to? Who gave you your mouth? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them the sight to make or makes them blind? It's, it is not I, the Lord. Now go, I will help you to speak and teach you what to say. Here's the thing. God calls you. You're listening to this message today. You're going to walk out of here. You're going to say, man, I'm going to start now. Woo, today's the day. I'm going to start. But then, you, you, then tomorrow you wake up and begin to make excuses. Man, I wanted that. I had the gym, it's ready to go, but that knee, I got that knee. That's a bad, that's a bad knee, bad knee. It's a high school injury. I got to shake it off and tomorrow, I'll go tomorrow for sure. The, ne the next day comes and, and you're making more excuses as to why you can't serve at church. I really want to be on Monday night prayers, but you know, Monday night is the only night that I really have to myself. I want to serve in kids, but the thing is that they leave me there like two hours early or an hour early. What is that? Why? Why can't I just show up and do it? You begin to develop excuses. You know who, are, who, who is really good with excuses? Kids. I have a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. And during bedtime, they get super creative. Anybody has kids here? Yeah, a few of you. During bedtime, they get creative. I wrote down some of their, their, their creative ideas during bedtime. Can I have a drink? Joshua, it's time to go to sleep. Can I have a drink first? Can I have my leche? He wants milk at all times. I have to go to the bathroom. These are some of the excuses, right? I'm not tired. I'm hungry. I'm scared of the dark. I need my blanket. Well, you have a blanket. No, but I need my blanket. My pajamas are itchy. These are all excuses. All the excuses. I need a new band-aid. Can you read me a book? And now, recently, my, my daughter is like, can you pray with us? I'm like, we've already prayed. She want to pray some more, Dad. It's important. I'm like, man, you're pulling one of mine. I used to do that. sing me a song and this is my favorite how come you get to stay up I'm like <laughs> because I'm dad but we 
get creative with our dad this way. He's calling us to speak to our friend. And we say, I, that, you know, God, I want to, but here's the thing. We're at work, and at work, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know if my boss is going to be okay with that. God is calling you to serve someone, to buy somebody a meal, and you're like, God, you know, that's a great idea, but these are my last $10, and I got to stretch them to tomorrow because, you know. We start coming up with all these excuses and things and reasons why we cannot do what God has called us to do. And I, I think God sent me here this, this afternoon to tell you that you need to stop being like my four-year-old. Don't be like my four-year-old. If God is calling you to move, you move. If God is calling you to serve, you serve. If God is calling you to take a step, you take a step. Do not let God ask you to do something and you come with excuses I think we're I think it's important for us to do what we can do and let God do what he knows to do you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle but he does maybe you have one piece that you need to lay down and you got to allow God to continue to show you the rest you got to take one step in the right direction maybe you can't save everyone but you can save one person. And here's the deal. I like to put myself in the text. This is a great exercise that I learned when I was young. When I'm reading a scripture, I like to put myself in the text. So if we go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It says, by faith, Moses. But I would plug your own name there. By faith, me. By faith, when I had grown up. Some of us still got a little groaning, growing up to do. By faith, when you had grown up, I refused to know or I refused to be known as a simple product of my past. I refused to be known by the labels that were placed on me when I was a child. I refused to be known by the things that people knew me in the past as. You chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. You regarded this grace for the sake of Christ and for the greatness of his kingdom. Put, your, put yourself in the, in the text. Valued the treasure of the world. No, I value the treasures of the kingdom you were looking ahead to your reward what is your reward what is the thing that God is calling you to do what is the thing that God is, is putting in front of you let's look ahead at the reward and let's start today it's far from over we start today we start today doing the things that God is calling us to do we start today believing in the word that God has spoken to us we start today start today. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened last year. We start today and we believe God that today from today forward he's going to do the things that he promised. We start today. You believe that with me. Stand up. Father God we thank you so much. We thank you because even though and while we were still sinners you loved us. And 
even though we come up with a hundred excuses, we're still waiting. We're still waiting.